Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Stu, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So... I came across you by way of our uh, mutual friend and former guest, Liz Dialto, who had nothing but amazing things to say about you. So on that note, uh, can you tell us a, a bit about your story, your journey, uh, and how that has brought you to the work that you do and what you're up to in the world today? Yeah, I would say the biggest um, part of my journey has been that I just keep putting one foot in front of the other and taking a step. Hmm. You know, if you would have asked me back in college, if I would be doing what I'm doing now, I would have probably laughed and had no idea what um, I was going to be talking about. But anyway, um, when I was in college, one of the things that I went through, I went through for business, um, got my honors business degree, but realized I was like a square peg in a round hole in that I just didn't fit the traditional business model. Hmm. I didn't like wearing shirts and ties. I didn't see myself working in a cubicle. And that's essentially what they had trained us to be was just uh, corporate drones. And it just wasn't jiving for me. So I was looking for something a little bit different, something that um, that I was excited about. And so even though I signed on the dotted line to start with a big company coming out of college and my parents were happy and it was everything they had ever wanted for me and um, I decided to actually go in a completely different direction. I was really passionate about the subject of creativity and it, there was a class that I took that completely transformed my schooling career. I went from failing out of my first year to graduating top of my class. And it all centered on the subject of uh, how to think more creatively. And so I was really passionate about that. And so my career began as a professional speaker. I was traveling around to high schools and colleges, and I was teaching other students how to utilize creativity and their schoolwork and their relationships and their job applications and basically how to make life better by being more creative and that's how my path began and then from there I quickly realized that schools could only afford so much and I could only speak so many times a year and so I just multiplied the two together and that was basically like my maximum earning potential and I didn't like that number I wanted to get beyond that and so I started looking for other ways to leverage what it is that I knew, and that's what led me online. And that experience of learning how to use the internet to reach more people and sell more products and so forth, uh, I really began to develop an area of expertise there. And long story short, I went down the path, (coughs) excuse me, I went down the path of learning how to package and sell my information in a more efficient way and that ultimately meant I wanted to try to sell it in a membership site. 
Well, the challenge was at the time, this was 2008, mm-hmm. that I wanted to do that. There just weren't any tools that were user-friendly to use. And I was moaning and groaning to a friend of mine about this. And he made the suggestion, well, why don't we create the software ourselves? And I remember at that time hearing what he said and just kind of laughing. And I just said, dude, like, there's no way I can create that. I'm not a programmer. I have no idea how to code. And he said, well, listen, I I have someone who's working with me who is a programmer. Mm -hmm. You're fairly decent in Photoshop. You know, why don't you do some mock-ups and then we'll go from there. And we did. And a month later, we had a beta version. Uh, We sold it to a group of friends. And then a month after that, we went live. Uh, October 22nd, 2008 was the first day that we went live. And that software, which is now Wishlist Member, just totally took off. It powers over now 54,000 online communities and membership sites. And that really was, um, I just decided to put all my chips in that basket. I stopped all the other stuff that I was doing and, and then just looked to grow that company. And then just very recently, literally a month ago, um, I made the most difficult decision of my career, and that was to sell my interest in Wishlist. And um, it was definitely by far the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my career. But uh, the reason that I ended up doing that was because there's some projects that I've wanted to do for a long time that I kept putting on the back burner. And I realized that if if these projects are really important to me, I've got to create the space to be able to fully uh, immerse myself in them. And so that meant uh, making some tough decisions and selling Wishlist, which was a very profitable, very successful uh, company, and and I love my team and I love my business partners. But uh, that's ultimately the uh, the direction that I decided to go, and that's where I'm at today. Hmm. So you know, I, I want to go back to the very beginning of this. Uh, you know, one of the things you said was that you felt like a square peg in a round hole, and I get the feeling that almost everybody listening to that feels that way to some degree. Uh, that's, that's why they've chosen to do the work that they do, or that's why they're aspiring to do what they ultimately want to do. And I guess, you know, I'm curious about how we take that sense that we're a square peg in a round hole and translate it into something actually meaningful in the world, as opposed to just feeling frustrated with it. Yeah, for me, I think at the time, like, this was 2002. Mm-hmm. And I think the internet was, you know, really just starting to emerge in the sense that people were starting to realize that there were some cool things that we could all do with the internet. Uh, we could reach more people. We could sell products and services to people that we would never otherwise be able to reach. And I think at that time it was it was exciting, but it was really raw, and there weren't really many boundaries that were clearly defined as per se. So it was a really scary time. And, but the, the thing that I always share with people is that if you're feeling like a square peg and peg in a round hole, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't sit still Hmm. and moan and groan and whine and complain about it. What you've got to do is you got to take a step in a direction, you know? So for me, like that meant I was really passionate about the subject of creativity and I wanted to share that message with more people. I had no idea that there was even like a professional speaking career or business or anything of that nature. 
But what I did do was I, I knew I wanted to share that message with more people. So I looked into it, found out that there were actually people who made a career out of speaking. And so I did the first, the very next thing that I did was contact my old high school and just mm-hmm. said, listen, I've got this message I want to share. I'm willing to come speak to your students for free um, in exchange for some referrals to additional schools. And they said, absolutely. And that was my next step. And that's kind of, you know, what ended up being uh, the, the step that led to everything else. You know, had I not even done that, I would still probably be moaning and groaning that I'm a square peg in a round hole and but stuck in a job or a career that I hate. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing for everybody is that if you do feel that, and we all feel it to a certain extent, but you got to take a step in a direction. you got to do something about it. You can't sit still on it. Hmm. What do you think keeps people sitting still? Fear. Absolutely. You know, like we, at that time, I remember feeling tremendously guilty of starting this speaking career because my parents were two, still are, tremendously hardworking individuals. You know, I've learned so much from them from a work ethic standpoint. You know, we immigrated from England over to Canada when I was six and we never really had a lot of money, but mm-hmm. we always had enough just to get by. My dad worked uh, eight in the morning, or sorry, nine in the morning till three in the afternoon at a high school with in a classroom with people with special needs, and then four nights a week he would work eight at night till eight in the morning. And yet he was still at every basketball game, soccer game, track meet. He was just an amazing and incredible dad, but he worked a ton. And likewise, my mom was the same way. You know, she uh, worked nine in the morning till three in the afternoon and in an elementary school with kids with autism. And then four nights a week, she worked in a a really uh, upscale restaurant. And so they both worked two full-time jobs to give us kids a life that was never, uh, we, we always, we always had just enough. We always were, you know, we were always involved in different activities, but uh, money was always tight in the house. So here I am graduating university. We managed to get, I got all the way through, graduated top of my class, and I got this great offer to go to work for this company where I'd be making more money than both my parents combined right out of the gate. I'd have a company car, benefits, everything. And I remember feeling a huge weight on my shoulders knowing that that wasn't the direction that I really wanted to go. And yet I could see the pure joy of my parents face and eyes and in their voice, I could hear it in their voice because they felt like all the sacrifice that they had made up to that point was for that moment, you know, to know that their son was going to be immediately in a better position financially than they were. And all that hard work was worth it. Hmm. So I remember feeling the burden of that guilt and then realizing that you know what, I, I've got to make this decision for me. And in making that decision for me, I can help make them proud in other ways. And uh, so I think that kind of situation is common. You know, people feel fear in some degree um, in terms of taking that next first step toward what it is they really want to do. And it just keeps them stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting to, to bring up parental acceptance. I mean, it's something that I've... Uh, personally spent a lot of time struggling with as I've gone down this journey. Again, I don't know that that's an isolated feeling to a lot of people, 
that's that's one of those really interesting things because you know I, I always say you know are they going to live with the consequences of the choices you've made not necessarily and yet at the same time you you want to you know have this strong relationship with them and I, I guess you know overcoming that that need for parental acceptance i mean not just parental acceptance i think in general there's a degree of acceptance we're all seeking from the people in our lives and i'm wondering how we overcome that you know sense of seeking acceptance but without being an asshole if that makes any sense yeah i totally get it i mean for me um it was it was challenging you know like I said, I, I really wanted to make my parents proud. I mean, they had made so much sacrifice for my sister and I, and um, it was difficult, you know, and I was, I, even when I started my career, I was still living at home with them. And, you know, I remember having a conversation with my dad and saying to him, like, give me a year, you know, just give me a year. And um, at the end of that year, if things aren't, if my situation hasn't improved and I'm not to, you know, uh, we're not seeing progress, then I'll, um, I'll get a corporate job type thing. He was very supportive. Both my parents were very supportive. I mean, they, they ultimately, they want their kids, you know, my parents wanted, you know, us kids to be happy. And so they were just scared for us. You know, they, they didn't want my life to be a financial struggle like theirs had been. And they saw this as a, an opportunity being like the corporate job. Hmm. So I, I think that we all struggle for acceptance, you know, whether it be from our, with our parents, from our, with our peers, what have you. But I, I think at some point we all mature to a certain degree as well. And we realize that it's our life. And, you know, for us to make the impact we want to have in this world and to live the life that we want to live, we've got to, make um progress towards the things that we want to do and by do making progress towards the things that we want to do ultimately um we'll win the acceptance of those that love us most and that's kind of what i held on to i held on to the belief that you know if i can make my own career and my way work mm -hmm. that's what will really make my parents happy if i can get the end result which is you know they don't want me struggling financially. They want me to be safe and secure and okay. If I can get that and do it in my own way, then it's a win-win for everybody. Let me ask you this. Um, I mean, you've been talking about progress. And one of the things that comes up over and over when I talk to people here is how long they've actually been at what they're doing by the mm. time they're here to talk to me on the show. And you know, this, this came up actually in uh, a Facebook comment that somebody made is, is around, you know, an article that I was working on is how do you keep going when it doesn't feel like you're making progress? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, an early mentor of mine said that too many people give up right before they're about to experience the inflection point. Mm. And that I he told me that in 2004 and I never forgot it because I think that as when you're going out on your own if you're that square peg in the round hole if you're trying to do your own projects if you're trying to create your own business if you're trying to do something that's not been done before you've got to have 
an element of stubbornness to you, mm. you know, and, and, um, and I would say that stubbornness and perseverance are two of the characteristics that probably don't get enough credit for, uh, the the way that they contribute to success. And I would say like, yeah, it's, it sucks. You know, when you're working your tail off and you're trying, you're, you're, trying to do everything you can to make progress and it's just not happening or it's not happening as fast as you would like, um, it can be, it, it can really sap the energy out of, uh, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. But um, you've got to have, it all comes back to your why. You know, what, what's your reason why you're wanting to do the project, to go in the direction you're going, to go, to create that new path? What's your why? If you're you're really tight and secure on the why, I think that uh, it doesn't matter what obstacles you'll face, you'll you'll find a way to get through them. But unless you're clear about your why, then it can get really demotivating. You can really get sapped of energy and you can um, feel negative about the progress. But if you're focused on the why and you're clear about that, I think that that, uh, that really helps. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've had Simon Sinek here. And for those of you guys listening, I'll, I'll link up the interview in the show notes. Definitely come and check that out. Uh, you know, the other thing that, that I, I've been thinking a lot about is this idea that, you know, when people start, I think the people who stick with it, on some level, uh, they just believe that something big will come from all of it. And they just, they never lose that sense. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, my dad shared a quote with me when I was 13 years old and he said, belief or sorry, he said, faith is to believe in what you do not see. And the reward for that faith is to see what you believe. Hmm. And the quote is from St. Augustine. I've never forgotten that, you know, and he told me that quote when I was, like I said, 13 years old and I had just, I was in my um, first year of high school and I had just lost, uh, as a final candidate for athlete of the year. And I'll, I was, you know, upset and discouraged. And he said to me, he's like, you know what, this year you didn't even know that you were going to be nominated for athlete of the year. Mm -hmm. He's like, but next year, now you know what you need to do in order to win it. And he said, you just got to have faith in all of the things that you're going to do throughout the year, that it will translate into the result that you want. And he shared that quote with me. And ultimately, I ended up winning Athlete of the Year every year thereafter. And I think that it was a great lesson for me in that sometimes the things that are most valuable to us are the things that we can't see. They're the things that we have to have faith. We have to you know, believe in something that, that isn't tangible to us right now. But the reward for that faith, as the quote said, is that eventually, with enough perseverance, um, we will see what we believe. And, and um, I think as long as you are making forward progress and you're putting one foot in front of the other and you're trying to make progress, uh, that's really where the rubber meets the road. Where I get, um, where I see a, di- a disconnect is for those people who have a lot of faith, but they don't do anything about it. Like they don't, they don't take a step in any direction. They just think that something that what they want is just going to show up on their front doorstep. And that just doesn't work. You still got to, do something about it. Um, but, uh, I still, I, I believe that you still got to have, you know, faith and belief in what it is that you're doing and that it, the end result will get, you, you will get it, but you've, you've got to take action at some point. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. 
Well, let's do this. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's let's talk about education, since that seems to have been the starting point for uh, a lot of your journey. And, and this is one of my personal hot buttons, especially because you're talking about creativity and education. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at education and I, my ongoing joke is that I'm a failed byproduct of the education system uh, because I, I feel that it's a one size fits all solution. And I'm really curious, you know, given the, the window that you had uh, into education, what your thoughts are on the future of it and, and you know, what our challenges are and how we prepare people uh, for a future that exists as opposed to one that doesn't exist? Man, that's a great question. I, I'm torn on this. You know, I have a young daughter who's three and a half. And so education has been a topic of discussion in our household um, a lot lately. You know, we just enrolled her in a Montessori school where that learning environment is different than a traditional school. And we've seen the results in her in a very short period of time. You know, so in two months, we've seen a dramatic result in the way that she acts socially and the things that she's learning in her willingness and openness to want to try and learn different things. So I'm, I, I, I love that that environment, I love what that environment has done for her. And that's a non-traditional schooling environment. Um, I like the traditional schooling environment from the sense that um, there's a clear path. And I think a clear path is important for kids. I, I think it's in the sense that you know what you need to do to progress. And if you don't have a clear path, I think that people can feel lost. And they um, there's no end in sight. You know, if you don't know the, the, your final destination, you have no idea what direction you're going. So I love the traditional model from just the standpoint of having a clear path. Okay. But when I look back on my education, you know, like I obviously went through high school, got my um, uh, honors business degree at uh, a well-known university here in Canada. And yet when I look back at all of the stuff that I learned, I, I don't even use like I would say 95% of it. And so I look at that as a huge waste. And, um, and, and so I, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm really torn on the whole education thing. I, I, I love traditional education, like I said, because it has a clear path and that uh, I think that that's important. Um, but I'm seeing the benefits of other alternative uh, methods and uh, we'll see. I mean, my wife and I are exploring that with Montessori to a certain extent. Um, we'll see. And, and yet she's a traditional school teacher herself, my wife. So who knows? Um, it's, uh, it's an interesting discussion nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it consistently seems to be a hot button with everybody here on the show is, is, you know, what are we doing with education? And, and, you know, are, it's funny, given what, you know, your primary business was, you know, wishlist member, um, people are, it's a form of it, you know, in many ways you're in the business of education. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And, and we see that, you know, people have an opportunity now to dive deep in any area that they have an interest in. Mm -hmm. Somebody somewhere um, has developed some course material, I'm sure. Of And so there's an opportunity to, to learn whatever you want to learn at your own pace, wherever you want to learn it. And so that's exciting. You know, that's exciting from the sense that there's Never an end. If you want to, if you love learning, there's never an end to as, as to how much you can learn. Um, but that's kind of where I think the 
danger lies and that it can take us in completely random and, and uh, different directions and there's not a focus. I, I really believe that it's important to have a focus and a track or a path that the traditional education system provides. Yeah. Um, if there was a way to be able to combine those two worlds, I think that that would be the ultimate, where you could learn whatever you wanted to learn, but it still had some focus or direction. That would be awesome. Yeah, it's that's that's a really interesting point because you know I've had this conversation with professors who who talk about online learning and they say the rate you know for actual success with people who just educate themselves online is still nowhere near what it is with people who've gone through our traditional education system. And to your point, I, I think that focus is really one of those critical things because I see this you know with the internet at our fingertips, there is literally something every day that you could be fascinated by, but. You know, I find that, you know, to build a lifelong career, it comes down to depth, longevity and curiosity combined. Yeah, I read a great book recently. It made it into my all time top five, which is a book called Essentialism. <laughs> Funny, and, it's sitting uh, on my desk. It's an amazing book. And in there, there's a diagram mm -hmm. where the author, Greg McEwen, he drew two circles and side by side. And in one circle, he drew all these little arrows uh, coming out of the circle on the left. And then on the circle on the right, he drew one big arrow going all the way up to the top. And the diagram represents what a lot of us do in that we tr we do a whole bunch of little things, but we don't go deep into any one thing. And therefore, we don't make a lot of progress. So the circle on the left with all these little arrows, they're only going a very small distance from the center of the circle. Uh, because those are all the little efforts that we do in all these different directions. Whereas he said, the subtitle of the book is the, is the, the title is essentialism and the subtitle is the disciplined pursuit of less. And his whole thesis is the less you do, the more you will succeed, you know? And so the diagram on the right with that one arrow is just focusing on like one or two activities and just going deep with those. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think the danger of letting anybody learn or wanting to learn anything at any time, we have that available to us. But if there's no structure, if there's no path, if there's no focus, we're going to be that diagram on the left where we've learned a whole bunch of little things, but we've never made any real progress toward any one thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's um, a really important thing when we're factoring in education and, and the benefits of doing it on our own versus doing it within a structured system. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Well, let's do this. Let's get into this idea of, of learning how to think creatively, which is, is really, I think, uh, of tremendous interest to me personally. And I'm sure many of our listeners, you know, something you brought up is, is sort of the foundational piece of your work, at least when it started. Um, can you talk about that in more depth and, and how we can incorporate that into our lives and how it applies to, to what we're you know, creating in the world? Sure. So I was in third year university. We're sitting in a business class, a marketing class, and the teacher puts on this video. And in the video was, it was like a mini documentary of this guy named Doug Hall. And he has this business called Eureka Ranch. And at the time, this was like around the year 2000, um, he, when he was running Eureka Ranch, the, the big, huge corporate 500, Fortune 500 companies would pay anywhere between one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 for a weekend of brainstorming new product ideas with him. And in the video, he's wearing this Hawaiian shirt. He's, he's in shorts, no shoes or socks, and he was shooting Nerf guns at these corporate CEOs. And for the first time, I thought, damn, that looks like an amazing place to work. And so I went out immediately and found out as much as I could about this guy, Doug Hall, and he, the business is still around today. I mean, he's uh, he's done phenomenally well. He's written um, 
he's written a number of books. The two of my favorite, the first one is uh, that I read at that time was Jumpstart Your Brain. And it was all these creative thinking exercises, ways to uh, get yourself thinking more creatively. And I just didn't, I just, you know, did a deep dive into that book. And I started applying all of the little creative techniques to my schoolwork. And as I said, I failed out of my first year of university. I managed to get back in through doing extra credits in the summer and so forth. But second year, I barely scraped by. But third year, everything changed for me because of this class. And so, for example, I started asking myself when I was writing a 40-page essay, how could I make this fun for my professors to read? You know, I was put myself in their position. I'm thinking, man, they've got like 70 kids in their class who all have 40-page papers due at the same time. And they've got to go through 70 40-page papers. That sucks. And so I thought to myself, how can I make my paper fun to read? And so I incorporated a game into mine. And so the first page that they would open, it basically detailed the components of the game. Now, I don't know if my paper was any good, but here's what I do know. That was the first paper in university that I ever got an A-plus on. And everything from that point forward, my marks went sky high. And so I started applying these creative uh, creative techniques to my schoolwork. I started applying them to my relationships. The the next girl that I you know tried to win over, I eventually married. <laughs> and the first date was this elaborate uh, you know creative first date. But here's what my thinking was at the time: I wanted to make a date so spectacular that even if the girl that I was dating didn't really want to be with me. Just through her describing the date to her friends would get their attention, <laughs> you know. And so, but it did. I ended up marrying that girl. Uh, her name's Amy. She's uh, she's the most incredible wife, the most amazing mom. But it all started with that first date. I used that creative techniques for uh, when I was applying for jobs, you know. So that job that I talked about, where I signed on the dotted line, and got this amazing job with great pay and company car and benefits and all that. I used a lot of the creative techniques to be able to stand out um, in those job interviews. And there were hundreds and hundreds and of, of us uh, graduating students that applied for those jobs, and there was like multiple rounds of interviews. How the heck would a guy like me squeeze through all of those interviews? It was all through just trying to think a little more creatively about how to present myself, how to um, – get the attention of the people that were interviewing me and so forth. And then now uh, my corporate careers or in my you know entrepreneurial career, it's the same thing. You know, how do I get my products marketed and how do I get the attention of more people? How do I develop relationships with key influencers? How do I come up with new product ideas? That all stems from being able to think more creatively. So here's the 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 synopsis of it, if you will, or the summary. Creativity boils down to one key component, and that is stimuli. You want to surround yourself with as much stimuli as possible to engage your creative juices. And there are two types of stimuli. There are related stimuli and unrelated stimuli. So related stimuli would be like things that are related 
to what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to come up with a new marketing campaign, you would surround yourself with related stimuli of other marketing campaigns that perhaps you've done in the past, some campaigns that your competitors have done, uh, campaigns that uh, others have done in maybe other industries. That would be related stimuli. Unrelated stimuli would be like random things, like an orange, a glass of water, toilet paper, snow, trees, like things that are just completely random. And then the key to creative thinking is that you try to combine unrelated stimuli with related. You try to force connections. And what happens is you just want to come up with as many ideas as possible. And you want to um, let go of any limitations that you may think of or that normally you would think, oh, no, this is stupid or no, that has no connection or no relation. You want to let go of all of that. And you just want to try to come up with as many ideas as possible. Because the thing with creative thinking is the more ideas you come up with, the more better ideas you will end up with. Um, One of the keys to creativity is coming up with as many ideas as possible. And through that, you will come up with, you know, a handful of really good ideas. So that's how I approach creativity. And in his book, Jumpstart Your Brain, Doug Hall provides a whole wide variety of different creative thinking techniques, games and exercises that you can do. But really, that's the gist of it. Surround yourself with stimuli and try to come up and force force, uh, different connections. By doing so, you'll come up with a lot of ideas. And through that big number of ideas, there will be a few gems. And that's ultimately uh, what you, you should use. Wow, that's pure gold. Um, I'll link up that book in the show notes, but I'm going to ask you a question that I'm sure some people are curious about. Tell us about the first date. <laughs> so the first date um, involved a friend of mine went and um, knocked on this girl's door for me. And he delivered her uh, an envelope with an invitation uh, for a date that Friday. And so she accepted even though she didn't know who it was. And so then on Friday, my friend showed up again. He had another envelope for her. And it had flower petals in the envelope. And it had um, a little riddle that and a map that took her um, to another location. And she got to that other location. And there was another envelope. And inside were more flower petals and another clue to another location. Where ultimately, I think there were four different clues. And she ultimately ended up Uh, at my front doorstep where I was there with flowers and then I took her out for uh, a movie and dinner. And, um, but the clues themselves were very telling, you know, they were like, uh, things that were meaningful to her, um, because we had been, we had been friends. And so, um, I knew a little bit about her and, uh, and I think that that's what really, you know, won her over was the fact that there was a lot of meaning behind it. You know, and similarly, like when I proposed, uh, when we, um, when she, uh, when we got married, it was very similar. Like I wanted it to be very creative, something that she would never forget. And that, um, and I wanted to involve as many people as possible, but I didn't want them in on it. And so I did, uh, a similar sort of thing where, um, you know, it involved a lot of creativity, but ultimately it all panned out. And I think that that's a real, um, gift that gets lost as we get older and as we become adults. And I even find myself now thinking like, man, I used to be way more creative back when I was younger. And how can I get back to that place? And 
And now I'm trying to, you know, be more intentional about creating, you know, magical moments with people that we love and people that we want to develop better relationships with, uh, because it's those magical moments that create memories and people. Now that's what deepens relationships or great memories. And I think that there's an opportunity there for all of us uh, when we can be more creative and create those memories. Um, will deepen the relationships with the people that we love the most. Hmm. Beautiful. Let me ask you this. Throughout this journey, have there been any really, really challenging sort of dark sort of rock bottom moments? And talk to me about how you navigated those moments, if there were. Yeah, two that come to mind. Um, One was in 2010, our lead developer for our software company, his name was Mike, he came to us, and at the time, we were bootstrapped. There was four of us in the company, myself, my business partner, Tracy, Mike, our lead developer, and one support uh, customer support person. His name was Ray. So there was four of us, and we were the company was growing like crazy, and we were doing whatever we could to keep our head above water. Uh, in the sense that we had a lot of support that all of us were rolling up our sleeves and answering and responding to. And Mike was the only developer, so anything technical fell into his lap. And then in March 2010, Mike said to us, he's like, you know what, guys, I love you. This has been an amazing experience, but I really want to go out on my own and start my own business. And there was one side of us that were that was extremely happy for him. You know, he's a friend. We want to see him do well. We want him to, to see him go after his what he wants to accomplish in life. But then on the other side, there's the business owner side of us that's saying, like, oh crap, like, what are we gonna do? Like he's our main guy. And so we negotiated instead of two weeks that he would stay on for another month. And in that time, we tried to hire as many people or we tried to hire someone that could operate on his level and it was very difficult to find. Ultimately, we took a huge gamble and we hired, ended up hiring six people. And it was a huge gut check moment because we had to take a huge pay cut in order to do that, but it was a point, a critical point in our company's timeline where you know, if we were going to succeed, we had to kind of man up at that point. And so we hired the six people and it was a rocky road. You know, it was really difficult. And then our software, Wishless Member, was based on, it's built on a platform called WordPress, which is a blogging platform that I'm sure people in your audience are familiar with. And WordPress made some major updates and changes. And it just kiboshed our software. And we were getting inundated with support. And it was a disaster. And so Tracy, my business partner, was going to fly to the Philippines to meet with Mike, the developer that left to go out on his own. And he said to me, he's like, you know, I've, I talked to Mike and I'm going to hire him for a week of consulting to help us get the software figured out. And I'm going to fly over there in a couple weeks. And I said, okay. I said, I don't think that, uh, you should fly over there alone. I want to come with you. And he's like, okay. And then I said, and I don't think that we should hire Mike for a week of consulting. I think we should make him a partner in the business. And Tracy said, why? And I said, well, listen, dude, like we're a software company. 
And both you and I are not developers. So we can't roll up our sleeves and fix things when crap hits the fan. I said, we need a partner who can do that. And Mike is the guy. You know, there, we haven't been able to find anybody that's on his level. And I think it's important. And so it, it took a, a lengthy conversation and we finally figured it out. And so we flew over to the Philippines and we met with Mike. And I remember sitting down with him and I said to him, you know, I asked him how his business is going. And he said to me, he said, well, it's been a bit challenging. He said, you know, like there's a lot to running your own business. He said, I haven't even really got time. I haven't even really found time to be able to do the kinds of things that I love, which is code and program. And secretly inside of myself, I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but I said to him, I'm like, oh man, that sucks. And uh, so we talked some more and then I went into pitching him on coming up back and coming on as a partner. And the more I talked, the bigger the smile became on his face. And ultimately, at the end of it, he said, listen, I'd be stupid to say no, I'm in. And so I was like, thank the heavens. You know, that was a thank goodness we got him back. And we're walking out of the coffee shop and he turned to both of us and he said, can I be honest with both you guys? And we said, well, yeah, of course, we would hope so. And he said, right before I came here to this meeting, my wife suggested that I actually ask for my job back. And I said, really? I said, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to your wife tonight, and I want you to tell her that you not only got your job back, but that you convinced us that you should be a partner in the business. I'm like, dude, if you do that, you're going to get the best sex that you've gotten <laughs> in months. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it was a great story because he came back, and it completely turned our company around. We, um, he built a whole development team around him and it, uh, everything took off. Our support got way better. Our product got way better and the company growth just took off. So, I mean, that was a real critical point. The second, um, dark time, if you will, and it wasn't really, it wasn't really a dark time, but it was one of the most difficult decisions I've ever had to make was recently when I decided to sell my interest in wishlist, you know, um, I'd had something, I think on a subconscious level, I knew that it was time for me to move on to, an, uh, to something new, but it was hard because we had, I love my business partners. They're amazing guys. I love our team. We've got an incredibly talented team of developers and people who really care for the customer and designers. And it was just a very, very talented team. And I love our product. You know, like our product is being used by so many people around the world for so many good, you know, good things. It's it's so exciting for me to see all the ways our customers use our product. And financially, it was very fruitful. You know, like it we were all we were a multiple seven figure a year company. Um it, it was a very success. It was a huge success. And so for me it was um, I'll, I'll never forget we were, I was at a family camp with my wife and my three and a half year old daughter and we were sleeping in this cabin together and it was the Saturday night and it was pouring down rain. So I couldn't go outside for a walk and I couldn't turn the light on in the cabin because otherwise I'd wake my daughter and my wife up. And so I was just lying there from like two in the morning onwards, just wide eyed, couldn't sleep, but in the pitch black. So I was alone with my thoughts in the darkness. And I think that that 
it was meant to be. I was meant to be have that moment of just being able to just think. And I couldn't do anything else but think. And and that was important for me at that time. And and so this was um I, I laid there th- just thinking about like what really makes me happy? What what um really gets me excited and what have I been neglecting? And what I realized in that moment was that a lot of what I was doing on a day-to-day basis was dealing with the urgent. And what I really wanted was to be able to spend more time on the important. Important projects that I have wanted to do for a long time but just kept getting pushed to the back burner because I just never had time because everything that I was dealing with on a day-to-day basis was all about running the company and what's the next uh, marketing promotion we're doing and, and what's the next product we're going to release and all those kinds of things. But there were a lot of things that I really wanted to do that that were important to me that just kept getting pushed to the back burner. And the question I asked myself was, how long will I continue to push those things to the back burner? And the answer I came back with was, well, I didn't want to wait any longer. So if I didn't want to wait any longer, if I wanted to give those things the time that they deserved, that meant that I had to let go of something. You know, if you want to say yes to something, it means you're going to have to say no to something else. You can't keep saying yes to everything. And and that's ultimately when I came to the conclusion that it was time for me to sell my interest in Wishlist and create the space for these new projects. And it was by far the most difficult decision. I I still get emotional when I when I talk about it and when I think about it and but it was necessary. You know, it's it's necessary to um, make those difficult decisions in life if you really want to go after the things that are important to you. So those are two moments for me that uh, were very difficult. But, you know, you, you figure out a way through them and you just keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you bring up difficult decisions because I think that those are those are often pivotal and they're, they're critical because when you make a dif- difficult decision, you put something on the line. And that forces you to act. Your back is pretty much against the wall. And I think that's often how a lot of our our gargantuan leaps in progress happen. Yeah, I think if you don't, you can get comfortable. And I I definitely found myself comfortable. You know, we had, like I said, we had built a great company. It was very profitable. Everything was running uh, for the most part on autopilot. And and, um, we, but we still needed to do a lot of work on the day to day basis to continue to update the product, support our customers and so forth. But I had gotten comfortable and what I realized was that there were, like I said, there were a lot of things that I just really wanted to do that I needed space to be able to think and to breathe and to be able to be creative. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that when I was running uh, a company. And so anytime you, uh, I think there's all of us feel that to a certain level where we can feel it at a gut instinct. We know what the right decision is. The right decision was for me to 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 sell my interest in in my own company, but that's a difficult thing to come to terms with. And when I talked to my wife about it that very next morning, she knew that this was coming. It's like everybody else knew except myself, and it, but I had to find the answer, you know, myself. I had to come to that conclusion myself. And she said to me, I said when she woke up, I said, I think I, I want to sell Wishlist, and she said, Tell me why. And so I told her that there were a number of projects that I was really excited about that I wanted to pursue and and I wanted to go after and and um, I needed space to be able to do that. And she totally understood. 
And uh, she kind of smiled and she, she said to me, like, I knew that this would, this day would come, you know, you had been, I could see the friction that had been caused between the, you know, where you would get excited about certain projects, but yet they would always get pushed to the back burner. And, and then the friction that that would cause because you still had to do the day to day of marketing and maintaining wish lists. So I think that we all feel that at a certain level and it's a matter of listening to that friction and listening to that gut instinct and uh, going toward that fear versus running away from it. Well, I think that makes a, a brilliant way to, to wrap up our conversation. So I want to ask you one final question, which is how we close all our interviews at The Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Wow. Man. I don't quite know how to answer that. <laughs> I, you know, here, here's what I do know. Um, we live in the greatest time ever. We live in the greatest time ever for learning. We talked about that today. We live in the greatest time ever for doing business. There is there is no time in the history of man that I would rather be alive than right now. And I think this is an opportunity to be um, unmistakable in so many ways. It just depends on who you are. You have the opportunity now to reach more people, to impact more lives, to create change in whatever way you want to create change that has never been available to any of us ever before. And so that's for me what makes this the best time to live in. It's the thing that fires me up about doing business. It's the thing that fires me up about using my business for greater good. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about here today was that my wife and I have a charity where we build schools over in Kenya. And I believe that if we as entrepreneurs want to have change and impact, we're the ones that can do it. You know, there's no sense in hoping that somebody else is going to create that change for us. We have the opportunity. And as entrepreneurs, we're the only ones that have the skill set to be able to make something out of nothing. And from that value, we can then, uh, we get compensated for that value that we create. And we can invest that that uh, compensation into our own lives. We can invest it into the lives of our loved ones. We can invest it into the lives of complete strangers. But we are a steward at that point of the value that we create. And I think that that's an opportunity that has never been available on the scale and the magnitude that it is today. And that is what makes an unbelievable um, time for each and every one of us. So when you ask about you know, being... Uh, unmistakable. I think that we all have an opportunity to to be that in any which way that we want. And there's never been a greater time to do that than there is today. And I just hope that people take that next step, you know, take that step towards the project or the business or the uh, nonprofit or whatever it is that you want to do that's in your heart, that's in your gut instinct that you really want to pursue. Do it today because today is the greatest opportunity to be able to do that ever available to any one of us. And it's an opportunity that we should definitely go after. And so um, that's what I believe. And I think that uh, it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be in business. And it's a great time to really go after our dreams. Amazing. Uh, well, Stu, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share some of your insights uh, and your story with our listeners here at The Unmistakable Creative. This has been really, really fun and mind-blowingly cool. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah. And for those of you guys listening, I'll link up everything Stu mentioned in the show notes and we'll wrap with that. If you like what you heard, the greatest compliment you could give us is to share the show with a friend and let people know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening to The Unmistakable Creative. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that. 
and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.